Hello everyone, this is Levi Gelb from the Chassidish Parsha, and you're listening to the new podcast, Chassidis, which is an explanation in English of Sefer HaMaymarim Tafrish Samaches from the Rebbe Rashab, each episode containing an explanation of one page from that Sefer with the goal to finish the entire Sefer. And at the beginning of every episode, we'll also have a synopsis of the previous episode. You'll also notice in the description for that day's episode, there'll be a short synopsis in English, and also there'll be a link there to become a monthly supporter to make this show possible. Um, please tap the link in that description or visit anchor.fm slash to become a monthly supporter. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Rampage Kufchov Aleph 121, starting a new mimer today. With the help of heaven, help Vishem, the Shabbos, the Torah portion of Kisisa, the year 5668. Hashem said to Moshe, You shall engrave for yourself two tablets of stone, like the first tablets that were broken. Referring to making of the second tablets, um, which these ones will actually be be uh, hewn, will be solchol, will be engraved by Moshe, whereas the first ones were made by Hashem, all by the hands of Hashem. We have to understand. What does it say? This interesting wording of solchol, you shall you shall engrave for yourself. It should, it should have said simply, you shall make for yourself. Like it said, by all the different vessels of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle. Like it says, you shall make for yourself a ark of, of wood. Why does it say, you shall engrave, you shall make them hewn, um, this interesting word in Hebrew, instead of just saying, make for yourself two tablets. We have to also understand what it says. You shall make these second tablets like the first ones. How can we compare? How is it possible to compare the second tablets to the first tablets? Where the first tablets were the actual work of Hashem. Hashem made them. Like it says, the, these first tablets were the work of Hashem. And the second tablets were the work of the hands of Moshe. So how could it say, you shall make the second ones like the first ones? There, there's no comparison to the, that which is made by Hashem to that which is made by the hands of a human. And the Gemara tractate on the page 38 on the first side. It says that Moshe only became rich from the leftover, from the leftover of the of the tablets. Meaning, he engraved the stone of the tablets to make them into these special square shapes. And from it, without all the shavings of the stones that were left over, those shavings basically became very, very valuable and made Moshe rich. Like it says in the verse, this interesting wording. It says, "You shall you shall engrave them. You shall make these stones for yourself." For yourself, meaning that their leftover, the shavings of the stone, shall be yours. So, Marashov there explains that when it says psultan, it doesn't mean the actual leftovers of the stones, but rather the kavan is psilosan, their, their shavings, I guess the. Not, it doesn't mean the waste products of the stones. It means the psilos and the the that which was you had when you graves of the leftover stones. But the farish lashem But the Ramah over there 
the commentary explains he what does it mean the silt on shalukas he actually said it means the waste of the stones. The cane who medrashaba parshas emor, so too is uh, in medrashaba um, parshas emor the isa sham explains over there in the medrash mehechan hesher meisha from where did meisha become rich? We know that meisha was rich. How did he how did he become rich? Amar abchonin machtiv shal sanpidin barale akadosh baruch hu b'teich alay omehen hesher meisha a hewn stone of a special sapphire stone Hashem created for Moshe within his tent and from that hewn sapphire stone which is basically the stone from the tablets Moshe became rich from that this is what it means what it said in the verse and it says in the verse you shall make for yourself these tablets these second tablets what does it say the extra word for yourself Just why couldn't it just say Soul Shnei Luchis of you shall make these two um, stone tablets. He says Luchab to hint that the Psultan. So he uses actually that's also explaining why he uses this interesting wording. Instead of you shall make for yourself, it says Psol Instead of Asay because Psol is hinting to the fact that the Psoilus, the leftovers, the shavings of this stone, uh, shall be for you and make you rich. They shall be for your benefit. You have to understand what is this idea that Moshe became rich from the shavings, from the leftovers of the tablets. Moshe was on such a high level, such a high spiritual level, to the extent that it says in the verse, it says that he was heavy of mouth and heavy of tongue, um, meaning that he had he wasn't able to speak that well. Um Fad Peh, so the Kabbalah Zayar explains what is this two ex- seemingly um, repetitive verse that says it could have just said one, he was Kfad Peh, or Kfad Lashem, why does it say both? Kfad Peh, Legabi Tereshabal Peh, he was heavy of mouth, which was the Peh, the mouth refers to the Tereshabal Peh, the oral Tereshabal Kfad Lashem, and heavy of tongue, meaning he wasn't able to speak that well with his tongue, that refers to Legabi Tereshabal the written Tereshabal, meaning to say, that he was not able to lower himself because he was on such a high level, he wasn't able to lower himself and um, to actually to speak the words of Torah. But the Hashem said to him, I will be with your mouth. Meaning, he uses the word in the verse, always refers to the essence of Hashem, which is above any of the names of Hashem, which names always limit the person and limit to the specific faculty you're speaking about about that about that person or about Hashem. So here it says Anoichi, the essence of Hashem, will be with your mouth, that with the power of the I Hashem and my very essence of Hashem, your God, your power, the Matantera of the Matantera, you That's how Mesha was going to be able to lower himself to the speak the words of uh, we're just on the next page now like we explained before in this previous mimer uh, which is entitled you'll take the two stones of the shayam it says about the shem and the moir Moshe's job is to be the shushvina the malka the escort of the king to bring down the moir to bring down the illuminary the source of light basically referring to the the chachma of Hashem which totally transcends the chain of creation to bring that down closer to the Jewish souls to allow them to be aroused in the great love for Hashem that Aaron would bring about um, aroused within them basically let's go back Moshe was on such a high level such a high level to the extent that he was not able to lower himself to speak the words of Torah oral Torah and written Torah meaning that that is a certain for his level it was a certain 
it was a certain um, a descent for him to go down and to actually use his speech to speak words. He lived on a, a level of thought, a level so that it totally transcends the idea of speech, of limited letters. So for him to lower himself was a very, it was impossible for him on his own level. But Hashem says, I will be with your mouth, meaning I will give you the power to make that descent and to go down from your normal level and to be able to descend into the actual speech of the words of Torah. Because um, basically in order for a level which is totally above, uh, like Moshe Torah, to be able to descend into a level which totally is too low for his natural level, you have to have a level which transcends both of those levels, which is the level of Anoich Hashem's essence, which can bring, ma- bring together the two opposites of Moshe's level, basically of Chachma, of Atzilus, and the Dibur and speech, which is Malchus of Atzilus, to bring together those two very, very far distant levels, you need a, a level which transcends both of them, which compared to that level, these two levels have no, have no importance at all. Therefore, you can unify them. So therefore, the revelation of Anoichi, Hashem's essence, was able to give Moshe the power, the potential to descend and to descend and be the source of the speech of Terah also, and to go down to be able to speak the words of Terah. And that is what we spoke about in the previous Maimon, that Moshe's job was to be the Shushvina de Malka, the escort of the king, to bring down that high level of Anoichi, to bring down that high level of godliness. Maybe you could say that an analogy to understand this idea that Mo- that Moshe Rabbeinu was so high, his level, his spiritual source, his level was so high that he wasn't able to lower himself to speak the words of Torah, the oral Torah and the written Torah, is like somebody, you see somebody who's very, very, <clears throat> very smart. And they're so smart that it's, it's very hard for them to relate to other people. It's very hard for them to lower themselves down, so to say, from that level and to start, you know, talking to normal people that aren't as deep as them. Uh, just a little bit of an analogy to understand that. Obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu is on such a high level, Lahavdil. Um, but anyway, that's why he was, it was hard for him to lower himself down to the, speak the words of Torah, and he required that revelation from Anoichi, the essence of Hashem, which transcends his level and the, the level of the speech of Torah, and they're able to bring them both together. the top of So what is this idea that Moshe Rabbeinu became rich from the, from the dregs, from the leftovers, and the shavings of the tablets. And specifically, we're saying that it became rich from the second tablets. And not from the first tablets, which were on a lot higher spiritual, spiritual level, being that they were the actual made by the actual hands of Hashem, so to say, their work of Hashem. So if, if Moshe Rabbeinu, how, how could it be that we're saying that Moshe Rabbeinu became rich from the um, shavings of the tablets? Moshe, if richness here is speaking about a, obviously a spiritual richness, he was already on the highest level to the extent that he couldn't even lower himself down to speak the words of Torah, written Torah, and oral Torah, and he required the revelation of the essence of Hashem to allow that to happen. So how could you say that he got rich from the shavings, the leftovers of the tablets? Seemingly he was already on such a high level. So how could these leftover shavings of these tablets make him on even a higher level? And we're talking about the tablets, which were the tablets of the Torah. And Moshe Rabbeinu already was so much higher than the Torah, like we said before. In order for him to come down to the Torah, he had to get this huge push from a godly revelation from above. And here we're saying that the leftovers from the Torah were made him made him richer, so to say, richer in a spiritual sense. But seemingly he was already higher than the Torah. And how come the, specifically the second tablets, which were on a lot lower level than the first tablets, seemingly meaning that the first tablets were made by Hashem? 
Now, from the uh, Rameh, the commentary he brought from the Medrash Rabbah, and so too it's, it's, uh, it implies also from the Zoyar, that every single one of the Dibur, every single statement that was said by Hashem, every single one of the Ten Commandments which was said by Hashem, in the Ten Commandments was engraved onto these tablets. Um, and at the giving of the Torah, Moshe was the middleman to bring down the Torah to the Jewish people between Hashem and the Jewish people. As it's, as it's brought in the Medrash like it says, Moshe should speak and then Hashem will answer him with a voice, meaning Moshe will receive the the speech from Hashem, what the Ten Commandments are, and then he will be able to transform it and translate it and say it to the Jewish people in a way that they should be able to understand it and not die from hearing that great revelation of Hashem speaking it. When we call Mokim, this Asher Davkim Besoltan Shnis, and nevertheless, he specifically from the second um, tablets, Moshe became rich. So, <clears throat> what are we saying here? The first set of tablets... The actual speech of Hashem, what he what he said during the what Hashem said during the ten, ten commandments, that speech itself became engraved onto those tablets, which is a humongous, you know, amazing quality, which was in the first tablets. And at the giving of the Torah, Moshe was the Moshe was the sarsor, was the middleman to give over the speech of Hashem. Um, and nevertheless, so we're talking about basically directly the first the first tablets were directly created by Hashem made by Hashem, the speech of Hashem in the Ten Commandments was actually engraved into those tablets. And Moshe was just the middleman to give those tablets over, meaning he heard directly from Hashem. So nevertheless, we're saying that after all that, Moshe only became rich from the second set of that tablets, which didn't have all those great qualities, like we just said. So in order to understand all this, how Moshe became rich from the second set of tablets, specifically rich, meaning he became, his spiritual level was uplifted and elevated even more so, but only from the second set of um, tablets. First, we have to understand the whole concept and the spiritual idea of richness. What is the idea of richness? Hine. Beraya Mehemna Isa in Zoyar in the part called Raya Mehemna. Isa, it's brought on the verse. It says that the verse says that the, we're talking about a certain sacrifice that the rich person shouldn't bring more and the poor person shouldn't, shouldn't bring less. It's all one measure. So ha'asher la'yarbe, the rich person shouldn't bring more. Ha'asher da amuda dem isa. When it says, the Zayar says, what does it mean, the rich person? That is referring to the, the middle pillar. What is the middle pillar? The middle pillar is usually referring to the middle, when you split up the spheres into three different categories, right, left, and center, chesed being right, gvuda being left, center being tiferes, and all the spheres are split up in those three categories. So Usher, the rich person, is specifically the middle category of Tiferes, or Das, which is the MB in the intellectual faculties, the middle. Chachma being the right, Bina being the left, and Das in the middle. And then from that comes Da from Das. In the middle pillar also comes Tiferes and Yesoit. So we have to understand why the middle the middle pillar, specifically the middle category of spheres, Tiferes, Das, Yesoit is called richness. Which is referring to, like I just said, the das, specifically the the intellectual faculty of das, which is in the middle category of the spheres. Like, and also it's implied in the saying of the sages that a rich person is only somebody who can who has das, who has knowledge, or like Chassidus explains that das 
is a very as a stage in intellectual grasping, intellectual um, intellectualization, where a person totally identifies with the concept and becomes connected to it to the extent that it feels like this is I really relate to this. This is my concept. <clears throat> so, why is the middle the middle path, the middle category of the sphere is called richness in referring to Das, which is in the middle category, and we even see that the sages say that this re- they relate richness to Das. Ain Asher El Das. You cannot have a, a rich person except for with Das. And that's why the prayer of Moshe in the in the ninetieth uh, Tehillim Psalms, it says Tfila Moshe. Um that is the one that was written by Moshe. So what is it saying? What is it? What is it? Tefillah, Moshe, the prayer of Moshe. Nikras b'zayar. It's called nazar. Tefillahs asher, a prayer of a rich person. Um, so that's why the prayer of Moshe was called the prayer of a rich person because Moshe was on this this category of das. He had a true das, a true knowledge, a true um, connection with Hashem. That's why his prayer specifically was the prayer of a rich person. It's also known that we spoke, we actually spoke about in the previous mimer that Yaakov also his source is from the his spiritual source of his soul is from Tiferes of the world of Atzilus, which is also Tiferes is the emotive attribute which is in the middle category, directly below Das. So Yaakov also is this in the middle category. We also find prayer that Yaakov said. Like it says about Yaakov, he encountered the place, and the sages say when it says that he encountered that the word encountered, pegia means, that it can only mean tefillah, prayer. So he prayed to Hashem. That's what that verse means. So we also find prayer by, by Yaakov. Nevertheless, we do not see that the prayer of, of Yaakov is called the prayer of a rich person. Whereas specifically by the prayer of Moshe, we see that the Zayar calls it the prayer of a rich person. Even though Yaakov is also on the middle category. The reason is because Moshe and Yaakov, even though they are both on the middle category of the spheres of Das and Tiferes, Moshe Milagov, but the Zerah says that Moshe is from the inside, but Yaakov and the bar, and Yaakov is from the more external level of the, meaning Moshe is from the more internal core of the middle category of the spheres, and Yaakov is from the external, more outer level of that category, the middle category. Moshe bilagov b'chinesadas, because when it said Moshe was from the inner category, the inner part of that middle category, it's referring to das, because that is the upper sphere, which is the source of Tiferes. It's the, it's the intellectual part of the sphere, which always intellect is the source of the emotions. But Yaakim Labar, and Yaakim is from the outside, it's the more external aspect of the middle category. Because Tiferes is referring to the emotive quality of Tiferes, of mercy, which is always the outcome of Das, of the intellect. So therefore, Moshe is and Das, and that's why his prayer was specifically called the prayer of a rich person. Being that we just explained that Das this idea of knowledge, of identification, of really connecting to an idea. That is the idea of richness. That's why the prayer of Moshe specifically was called the prayer of a rich person. So first, now we have to understand also why is das called, why is knowledge called a rich person, as richness? Why is das, das specifically referred to richness and not Tiferes? We first have to preface Masha Matsinu, the Svarim Akdashim, we first have to preface what we find in the holy books, the holy Svarim. Two different ways in the in the categorizing of the Sphiris, of the Shem's supernal attributes. One way that we see that the Sphiris are, are organized is one on top of the other, or one underneath the other. Meaning to say that the ten Sphiris 
they directly are in a chain link with one with the other in a way of cause and effect, meaning Chachma is the direct cause for Bina. Bina is, um, comes from, de- derives from Chachma, and then Das derives from Bina, and then Chesed derives from Das, and so on. All the spheres are one underneath the other, just like chains, like links in a chain, in a way of cause and effect, that each sphere which is above is the co- direct cause for the sphere which comes from it. The sphere of Keser, he has sphere Rishayna, and the sphere of Keser, which is the crown, which is usually a level which actually transcends the ten spheres, but sometimes it's counted among the ten spheres. So the sphere of Keser, the crown, he has sphere Rishayna, Shanetzla, Mein Seifa, Maitzel. This is the first of this of the spheres which was emanated from the infinite emanator from Hashem, the infinite essence being which totally transcends any of these limited spheres. The first level, the first limited defined level which emanated from Hashem is the level of, of, of Keser. And within that level of Keser, all the ten spheres are included and absorbed and are found in that level, in that um, abstract cause, but obviously in an abstract way, not in a limited defined way. They're all there though. Just like in the seed, all the parts of the tree are included there in a hidden way, and they sprout from that little seed. So too, within Kesser, all the ten spheres are included there in a hidden way. So from Kesser, stems comes out the sphere of Chokhmah, the first of the ten spheres. Or actually here we're talking about, it's not the first, it's the second. You're here because we're counting Kesser. So from Kesser is emanated the sphere of Chokhmah. Even though Chokhmah is emanated from Kesser in a way of Ilva Alul, cause and effect, meaning a direct, it's directly related to Kesser. Nevertheless, the level of Kesser is way separated from Chokhmah, totally incomparably separated from Chokhmah. And above Chachma, the Keser who lemayla mishdalshlus, as cholas yishdalshlus who mina Chachma, because Keser is, like I said, is a, it's called the crown, just like a crown is above the head, something which is on top of your head. Um, so too, the level of Keser is something which is on top of the head, meaning top even of the first of the intellectual qualities, which is Chachma, bina das Chachma. So Keser is a level which transcends all of the chain of creation, which starts from Chachma. The chain of creation starts from Chachma. So even though, so here we're saying, even though Chachma directly is directly. Um, descends and directly emanated from Kesser. Nevertheless, Kesser is totally removed, uncomparably, incomparably removed from Chokhmah, because Kesser totally transcends the chain of creation, whereas Chokhmah is the beginning of creation. Like it says about Chokhmah, Chokhmah derives from Ayn. Chokhmah comes from Ayn, is found from Ayn, from the nothingness, which is referring to Kesser. That the creation of the sphere of Chokhmah, the first of the ten spheres, which relates to actually the limited creations, is from the nothingness of Kesser. It's called nothingness in the sense that it totally transcends creation. Therefore, in the creation's minds, it's nothing. It's above their reality. They can't relate to it. So it's like almost as if it doesn't exist. So Chokhmah comes from Ayin, from the Kesser. Uh, But it still comes from Kesser in a way of cause and effect, meaning it has a direct relationship with Kesser. Nevertheless, like the verse says, Chokhmah is found from the Ayin. So it comes directly from the Ayin of Kesser, but in a way of Metziah, in a way of finding, which is an interesting uh, expression here. When you find something, it's not something which you, which you, you know, which was planned. It's all of a sudden, all of a sudden you happen upon it. Um, so too, this level of Chokhmah, even though it directly descends, is emanated from Kesser, but being that Kesser is so much removed and so much higher than Chokhmah, to the extent which totally transcends all of the chain of creation, of limited creation, therefore the way that Chokhmah comes from Kesser is in a way of a Metziah. It's like, oh my gosh, I just found something out of nowhere. This Chokhmah just came out of nowhere. 
you can't see a direct relationship to it to Kesser when you look at Chachmah, even though it does directly descend from it is the Kesser is the source of Chachmah. Because being that Kesser is the first Sphira, meaning it's the first defined level that was emanated from the infinite essence of Hashem. It's a lot higher in its level and its quality from the sphere of Chachmah, which is which descends, which is emanated from Kesser. <coughs> so Kesser, Kesser is the, the first sphere, which is emanated from the Ein Sai, from the infinite essence of Hashem. So that means it has the most in, intimate connection with that infinite essence, and therefore it's on a lot higher level. It has a connection with the infinite a lot more than Chachmah does, which Chachmah already comes from Kesser, which is a limited, defined level. Um, shar like it says in the Sefer Apardis from Moshe of Cardavero, it says in this, the gateway, that book is, is uh, that Sefer is split up in different gateways. So the gateway is called, If the Ain Saif Hua Kesser, If the Infinite Essence of Hashem is Kesser, the first chapter there. It says over there, Demishum Zeh, Kesser Nikra Rishin. That's why Kesser, the, the level of Kesser is called Rishin, the first. The Chokma Nikra Sidei Shis. So, um, Kesser is called Rishin, with a Nun at the end, which is, implies more of a masculine tense. And Chokhmah is called Rishis, with a tough at the end, implying more feminine, in a sense of it's more of a receiver than a giver. So, that seems to say that, basically, Kesser is <clears throat> so intimately connected with the Infinite Essence, it's the first level, which comes from the Infinite Essence, therefore it's more of a Rishin, a first in the sense of a giver, the source for everything else, whereas Chokhmah is Reishis, even though it's the beginning of all the chain of creation, that from Chokhmah comes all the other spheres, but that's Reishis, it's a receiver, because it's already receiving from Kesser, and it's not the true, it's not the true beginning of all levels. Kesser is, Sham, in the commentary on the Pardis, Pelech Rimein, it says, Perek Beis, um, when it, so he explained even more why is Reishis, what's the difference between Reishis and Rishin? Chachman, which is called Reishis, the first, but with the tough, implies Reishis, which is It means that it's something which is connected and unified with the other things, which is, it is the first of all those other things, but it's connected with them in an intimate connection, a deep connection. For Rishin, but when we say first, at the Nun, it's, it implies that it's not um, attached and unified with the other levels, which, which it is the first two. So that's Kesser. Kesser is the first, meaning it's the, the source of Chachmah and of all the other ten spheres, and all the spheres are included in a in a in a in a, in a, um, in a hidden way, in a, like we said about the seed for the whole tree. But it's Rishin in the sense it's first, in the sense that it's not attached and connected in a, in a deep way with all the things which come from it, the levels which come from it. Whereas Chachmah, it's the first limited level within creation, therefore it's the first in the sense where it's connected with all the limited levels which come from it. And therefore, even though that Kesser is the first Sphira, and Chokhmah is the second Sphira, um, let's just skip the parentheses for a second. We call Makim Kesser Nevertheless, Kesser is totally removed without any comparison to Chokhmah. And from Chokhmah comes Bina. So let's go back to the parentheses. So Ladasa Pardes. According to the opinion of the parties, zealous, zealous Oh, that's the parties, zealous. According to the parties, zechreini levracha. May his memory be blessed. Shai keser nimne abayas The keser is counted as one of the ten spheres. Like I said before, that some people don't count it. 
V'chein hula das arizal, and similar, the arizal is the, the similar opinion. V'chein as chitzen yis keser, at least with the external level of keser, is counted among the ten spheres. V'chein hua kavona, v'chein yaf kavona be'ifin ha'alif shin is barakan, and this is also the intent, according to the first way that we're explaining here, meaning that according to the, their opinion of the of the uh, paradise, that one of the ten spheres is actually keser, not just the external level. That's what we're talking about here. So. Therefore, even though Kesser is the first sphere uh, and Chochm was the second, so seemingly they have a deep connection, first and second. I mean, they, they, the fact that there's a first and a second means there's two things which are connected. And the second comes to the first. Nevertheless, Kesser, the fact that we see it's called by Rishon, it's totally separate and removed from the um, from Chochma. Bina Chochma, that's the Bina. Now, from Chochma is emanated Bina in a cause and effect type of way, in a chain linked type way, and from Chochmah and Bina, the intellectual attributes of Atzilus, there's emanated the emotive attributes, which are called the Zayin Tachtoines, the seven lower attributes, which refer to the seven Midois, emotive attributes of Atzilus. And they are emanated through Das, Das being the third of the three intellectual faculties, Chochmah, Bina, and Das. And just like in a person, the emotions are only born after a person truly identifies with the concept and has a true deep connection, attachment to it. Whereas when he just understands it with his bina, he doesn't mean that he'll um, generate feelings for it. Only when he feels truly attached to the concept will he generate feelings. So too, in Atsilas, the generation, the making, the birth of the seven emotive attributes of Atsilas is only from Das. In a cause and effect way. So, and being that all these spheres are all um, chain linked to get to each other. I mean, they all derive from each other in a cause and effect way. So we must say that the first cause of all these spheres, being that they all descend from each other, the first cause stands above all these spheres. Like we said in the beginning of this, it's the way where the spheres are categorized in the way of organized in the way of one on top of the other, one underneath the other. So being that they all derive from each other, we must say that the first cause of all these spheres stands above everything. And the second the second level of the ten spheres is below that highest level, till the last level. They're all one deriving from the other, one underneath the other, so to say. And meaning to say that the Kesser, which is the first of the ten spheres, the first of the spheres, is above everything. And below that is Bina. And below that is Bina. And afterwards, underneath Bina is Das. Which through Das was emanated the seven lower spheres, meaning the seven emotive attributes of the world of Atzilus from Chesed to Malchus. And in this way of organizing the spheres, in a way of which they directly derive from each other, in a way of cause and effect, in the way that they are linked like a chain, like uh, links in a chain, and this organized way of Zeh it's explained in many places in the writings of the Rizal and in the Sefer Paradis from Moshe Kardavero and in the Zoyer. Ukadisa Bezoyar, Parshas Boi, Dafman Bezamad Bez, like it says in the Zoyar and the portion, Torah portion of Boi, on page 42, the second side, Ovid Manod Zeido Vekorabe Garmei, Chakim Chulu, Olabasar Ovid Mani Ravdavi Vekorabe Garmei, Mavin Chulu, Olabasar Ovid Zain Cholin Chulu. The Zoyar says that Ovid Ma'ana Zeido, Hashem made a small garment and he called it, he called it Chachma. He called the garment Chochmah. So meaning all the ten spheres, all the spheres are just garments for Hashem. They're not obviously Hashem himself. They're just like external garments, external layers of, of godliness. But it says that Hashem made a small garment and he called it Chochmah. And afterwards he made a garment, a smaller, gar- a big garment, and he called it Bina. 
and afterwards he made he made seven um, rivers, referring to the seven emotive attributes of Otsilas. <laughs> Just like, for example, the when you, draw, you dig a hole in the ground, <laughs> which you there is drawn into that hole water from the river. <laughs> and from that, from that ditch which you dug, which gets from the great river, is drawn water from that ditch to another ditch. <laughs> so that is the way which we're counting the spheres here. That from one water. From the river, you dig a ditch and you bring the water directly from that river to the next ditch, to the next ditch. It's all direct connection. Like the Zayar implies over here that he made a small garment and he called it Chachma. Why is it called small? Because Chachma is like the Nekuda, the simple point. It's where there's a central revelation of godliness before it's all taken on more form yet. Whereas Bina is called the bigger garment because Bina is now where it's, there's length and breadth and depth. Like when, when a person understands something, which you take that 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 seminal point of chokhmah and you expand it into you know breadth and width and understanding and analogies and explanations of bina, that's why it's called the bigger garment. And then the seven uh, rivers, because now we're flowing down from the mind. It's a flowing down from the mind into the heart. And this is similar to this idea of these ditches. It's all the waters all interconnected. And this is the way one of the ways of organizing the spheres of zatachas that one underneath the other. And we can also understand this way of um, organizing the spheres where they're all interconnected also in the faculties, the powers of a person's soul, which are directly descending from the ten spheres. That's why it says, um, Let us make man in our image, meaning in the image of Hashem, which the image of Hashem, so to say, is the way that Hashem has contracted himself, diminished himself to be, so to say, seen with these ten powers, these ten spheres. That is the image, so to say, of Hashem, and we are made in that image. We have ten faculties in our soul. So similarly, we can understand in our soul, that the highest faculty within the revealed faculties of the soul, with meaning we're talking about the faculties of the soul, which are which become enclosed, invested, and meshed within the um, different organs of the body. The vessels of the body is the faculty of the power of Chokhmah, of the first of the intellectual powers, which is the beginning of all revelation from the soul. The soul is concealed and within the body, it's a lot higher than becoming revealed in the body. But this, the first revelation of the soul that the body experiences from the soul is Chokhmah, is the highest power within the person, which is in the brain of the person. Obviously, we're talking about the revealed powers. There's also, he says here, there's the Kweiches there's also Kweiches and Alamim, the hidden powers which are within the soul itself before it relates to the actual limbs, the organs of the body. But when we're talking about the level of Chokhmah, the revelation from the soul within Chokhmah is still in a more uh, general revelation. It's like, like I said before about Kesser, but also we can relate it in a lower level to Chokhmah, the seed. Um, the seed is the first, all the levels, all the lower levels are included within that little seed. So to Chokhmah is a klal, it's like a general, a generality, which all the details of all the spheres come from that klal, from that general generality. So that the revelation, even though we're talking about this is the first revelation, but it's still just a very, very seminal, essential revelation, the Chokhmah, where everything is not defined yet. The light of intellect is the beginning of revelation of the soul. Because it's still, in a general sense, it's in a way of enclothing of the light of the soul within a specific vessel, a specific channel, a specific organ of the body, the brain. Even though the the revelation, we can't really say it's a true specific revelation, meaning revealed in a sense 
where it becomes into each level in a specific way. You can't yet see the specificities yet, where it's in Chachma. You can't see all the details yet, but it's still, being, being at this level of Chachma is a level which comes in clothed, revealed within a specific organ, an Eir Bekli, a light in a vessel. Therefore, it is revelation still. Because when we compare Chachma, which does become revealed within a organ of the body, the brain, when you compare that to Ratzin, the will of, of a person, ain, so which does not have a specific vessel, channel, organ in the body, which is which it which it is channeled through. Um, so the first uh, power, the sole power, that has an actual channel and has a organ, which is which it is expressed through, is the seichel, is the intellect, not the will. The will, when a certain, when a person says, "I want something." You can't relate that desire to a specific limb of the body. Whereas when you say a person is intellectualizing, is thinking, is understanding, you relate that specifically to the brain. A person is feeling, you relate that to the heart. Whereas when a person is wanting, you don't relate that to a specific faculty because that's the whole soul being drawn to something. So the first koyak, the first power, even though obviously this is a very close a power, meaning a very high, not yet defined power, it's chachma, which is enclosed in the brain. And if it's enclosed in a vessel, in a channel, then it must say that it's revelation because it's already enclosed. It's already become related to a specific um, organ and it's relating to that organ. It's allowing a person to access that power. It's a revelation. But the power of Chochmah is still a more general revelation, not yet detailed, not yet descended and taken on true definition yet. It's so general, this revelation from the soul, which is revealed in Chachma, that a person doesn't even know within himself how and what, meaning he doesn't know what this idea of Chachma is yet. It's so um, seminal and essential and undefined. It's so clearly, it's so general, you can't yet grasp it yet, understand it yet. And that's why Chachma sometimes is called Ayn, nothingness. Because it's not yet a existence which is, which is comprehended yet, within your actual comprehension. You cannot apprehend, you cannot understand and grasp really Chachma yet because it's so general, it's so essential. It doesn't have any, so to say, definition yet for you to grasp onto it within your mind. We're on page Kof Chav Gimel now, 123 at the top. It's also called, that's why Chachma is called the Baraka Mavrik, the uh, lightning flash. Just like the lightning, which you cannot grasp it, it just just goes in and out, it flashes. You can't you can't see it for more than a second. So too, the faculty, the power of chokhmah is just like this seminal flash, or the seminal point, which uh, flashes within a person's mind. But not in a way where a person can totally grasp it yet. Um, that's why a person sometimes experiences, he gets the flash, oh, I got it, I understand the concept, I just got it, I see the point of it. But sometimes he's like, I got it, but I can't explain it. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't bring it down from that, when he has that flash in his mind of the Chachma, if he doesn't bring it down and try to relate to it, and try to put analogies to it and understandings to it, try to relate concepts to it, it could be that that concept will totally be... Um, uh, concealed from him. Therefore, it can be that this concept will totally become concealed from him if he doesn't bring it down to a true comprehension of Bina. Because it's not yet in a graspable form in a vessel. It's in a very, even though it, the level of Chachma, this Nikuda of Chachma is in the brain, but it's so cholistic, it's so general, 
it's so abstract that you cannot truly grasp it yet. And that's why it's easy to forget that point, for that point that you got to be forgotten and to be lost. And that's why Chokhmah is also <coughs> called the, is also the, referred to by the Yud of Hashem's name, the first Yud, that little point of the Yud, because just like the little point of the Yud is just a little point, so too the point of Chokhmah is that little seminal point of a concept before it has their length and width and breadth yet. Nevertheless, still, in the end, Chokhmah is a revelation from the soul. Because Chokhmah, it is a flash of revealed intellect. That you know at least the general point, the general idea here. You get the generality of the idea. Before it falls into your mind, this seminal point of the idea, you have before you have this flash of the idea, the, the point of the idea, you don't know anything of the concept. You don't get it at all. And at least now, when you reach the stage of Chochmah within your mind, you know at least the, the, the intellectual idea in a general format, in a general way. You don't get the details yet, but you get it in a general way. Therefore, we must say that this stage of Chochmah is a stage of revelation. We'll stop there on the top of page, Kuf Chav Gimel, about eight lines from the top. Um, so we're just talking about now understanding this whole idea of the, or way of organizing the spheres of Zeta Chazeh, each one coming and deriving from the next in the way of Ilav Olu, cause and effect, in the faculties, the powers of a person's soul. The, the highest power of the revealed powers of the soul, which enclosed in a specific organ, is Chochmah. And, but the, even though it's a revelation, but it's, it's a general revelation. It's a more abstract revelation. Um, but you still, this Chochmah is still a, a revelation because Ratzin, the will of a person, is not revealed within any organ of the body. The first Koyach, which has a expression within the actual an organ of the body, is Chochmah. And we spoke why Chochmah is a real general point, it's the general seminal point of a concept, and therefore you can forget it easily because it's so abstract still. But in the, in the end, it is still a revelation because before Chochmah, you don't know anything about this idea, and now Chochmah, you have the flash, at least, of the generality of the idea. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the new podcast, Chassidus. This is Levi Gelb. And if anyone has any questions or any thoughts or feedback, please feel free to email me at rabbigelb at gmail.com. Also, please check out my website, chassidusonline.org, and sign up for our weekly email to receive a Maimra Mavur explanation on a Maimra from Teirer Lukute Teira almost every week. And there you'll also find a, an archive for all our other, our older Maimarim that we've already explained on the weekly Parsha on the Yom Tevim. And also you'll notice in the description for this week's episode and for every week's episode, a little link to become a monthly supporter, a partner in this, uh, for this podcast. Please consider doing that. It will help greatly to allow the episodes to continue and to make them better. And... You can also dedicate an episode in honor of memory of something or of a simcha. And to do that, please email, email me at rabbigelb at gmail. And we can mention that at the beginning and at the end of, every, of that episode. Thank you very much.